Welcome to the business of being well. If you're a hands-on practitioner who wants to grow a profitable business without working your life away, you're in the right place. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Okay, everyone, as you know, I've been talking about writing a book for forever, not literally forever, but in some ways kind of forever because it's been like a dream goal of mine since I was a kid to write a book. And I've made very, very little progress over the last couple of years. I recently signed up for a program called the Aspiring Author Incubator, and it's really helping me move forward (laughs) with getting this book written. So I wanted to bring the creator of the author, sorry, the Aspiring Author Incubator onto the show today. Her name is Jessie Beyer, and she is going to introduce herself and share more about who she is and how she helps people like us actually take action on writing a book. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. My background a little bit kind of started in mental health. So I'm, I guess, in the healthcare profession as well. And so I started speaking about mental health. I started writing about mental health. I'm one of those people, just like you, Danielle, I've always wanted to write a book. I was that first grader that was just scribbling out paperback and picture book and just like all these different books as much as I could. So I always knew I was going to be a writer. And as I grew up and I started working in this space, I was like, okay, I can only reach so many people by speaking on stages or having one-on-one conversations with people. I want to do more. I want to grow my business and I also want to help more people. So I decided to sit down and write a book. My book is called How to Heal and it's about natural and integrative trauma therapies, one of which is craniosacral therapy, which I hear a lot of chiropractors like to work with as well. Uh, So that did really, really well. That book, um, when it launched, it hit the top of nine bestsellers lists and then reached the top 10 in an additional five categories. I had thousands of readers in nearly a dozen countries around the world. It just did so much better than I ever could have dreamed it would do. And of course, when you see that level of success, you start having people ask you, you know, oh, well, how did you do it? How did you get there? What did you do sort of thing? And so my business brain was like, well, I better start working with authors too. And so I started doing some one-on-one coaching and, and really helping people figure out where do I start? How do I put this book together? How do I get it out into the world and into the hands of my perfect readers? And that just turned into the Aspiring Author Incubator, which is like Danielle said, the program that she's in. And it really just takes other entrepreneurs, especially service providers, and especially those in kind of the healthcare and healing fields, all the way from that statement of saying, I want to write a book all the way through post-publication marketing. So it covers everything from your writing, your cover design, your launch marketing, PR, post-publication marketing, that whole thing, really just to give people that step-by-step plan that they need to get their book out into the world. I just had this moment as you were talking where I was like, oh my gosh, now I've really got to write this book. I've really got to like see it through because we're putting it out there in the podcast. Not only am I saying I'm, I'm working on writing this book, but now I've said, Jesse's program is helping me write this book. So I'm like, <laughs> I've got to make sure that people know your program does what it says it does. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about what that process was like for you when you wrote your own book, especially writing a book for the first time. Did you feel like I have felt where you were like, how in the world do I actually do this? Because I've been trying to like sit down and just write a book. And as I shared with you, it's like, I sit down to this blank screen and I don't know where I'm going. It's like, I don't have a roadmap. So I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of like, I think I'll just sit here and not go anywhere. Yeah, 
I definitely understand that. I mean, a lot of people are like, okay, I have to have this all figured out. I have to start at point A and then end up at point Z. And my writing process was definitely not like that. I kind of had all these different ideas. And in my book, I incorporated a lot of expert interviews, published research and things like that. And so I would have an interview and then I'd be really inspired and I'd be like, okay, I got to go type up this interview and incorporate this into the rest of the book that I have. And so it was very piecemeal. It was kind of like a chapter over here and then a section over here. And then, oh, this study just came out. So let's go put that back in this section over here. I really piecemealed it together. But what really helped me as I moved kind of into the putting the whole book together process was what I call the three by three by three structure. And basically that's a form of outlining where instead of saying, okay, I have these 20 topics that I want to talk about in my book, maybe I turn them into 20 chapters, it helps break it down into the main points you want to convey, the supporting arguments, and then any other comments or the explanations behind those supporting arguments. So just to give an example of how this looks, my book, it's broken into three main sections with excuse me, which is the first part of that three by three by three structure. So I talk about what trauma is in general, like what is it? What does it look like? What are some of the psychiatric diagnoses surrounding trauma? And then I talk about some different therapies that you can use, which is the bulk and that's the middle section. And then the last section is kind of wrapping it up and talking about what you should do when you finished healing and also how you can help someone else who's healing from trauma. So those are my three main sections. Those are the three main points that I want to convey to my audience. Then the next part is my three supporting pieces per section. Now, I do want to caveat this and say it doesn't have to be exactly three by three by three, but it's kind of the idea of your main points, your supporting arguments, and then the supporting arguments for those. So within each section, I had my chapters. So in the first section, like I said, I talked about what is trauma? What are some psychiatric diagnoses surrounding it? What does that really look like? And then in the middle section, it was a chapter for each of my therapies. And then the final section was one chapter about supporting someone else and one chapter about what to do when you've finished healing. Then within each of those is that final piece of the three structure. And that is the details, the meat of it. So for example, in a chapter about a certain type of therapy, I would talk about what to expect when you go to a therapy session. So what does this look like? I would talk about some of the research surrounding it. So why does this work? And then I talk about some anecdotes and stories of people who have gone through that type of therapy and experienced a lot of change, which is kind of the what it does and why it's effective. So within that, if you kind of want to look at that third section, you want to think of things that are the why, the what, and the how. That's a really good way to break down those final sections to make sure you're conveying lots of information to the people that you're talking about. So just to kind of recap all of that, like I said, my writing process was very piecemeal together. I did not write chapter one, then chapter two, then chapter three. But what I did was I had this general idea, this general structure of my main points and how I wanted to talk about those main points. And that really helped me put my book together. And this is exactly what's helped me like feel like I'm finally making some forward progress because like I said, I just sit down to like write a book and my thought process was like, well, should I just tell my own life story or uh, like the methodology that I've taught in my previous membership program? I don't know. So I was kind of in like trying to weave them both together and it just got messy and I felt like. I was interjecting a lot of stuff that wasn't necessary, but when I started to look at it from like the three main things that I want to teach by like those, like the first three, I was like, Oh, I want to talk about burnout. I want to talk about how to restructure your business as a healthcare provider so that you don't burn out or what to do if you are burning out. And then 
um, getting into like how, like the nitty gritty of how we can scale our businesses. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> no wonder I couldn't figure out how to write this book before because I was just trying to like put together all of these big concepts into a book and it felt overwhelming for me. And I could only imagine then what it would feel like for the reader as well. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, you have so much knowledge as an expert in your field, not only from your life experience, but from everything you've done in your business so far. And for you to just say, okay, I'm going to brain dump this into a book. Like you said, not only are you going to overwhelm yourself, but your, your reader is going to be like, whoa, how do I work through this? How do I implement this? But when you do break it down into somewhat of a three by three by three structure, you're not only making it easier for you to write, but a lot easier for your reader to read and actually implement it into their lives besides the actual logistics of knowing what to write and what to say in your book, what are some of the most common things that you see hold people back from actually writing their book? I'd say it's definitely a combination of perfectionism and procrastination. I hear a lot of times from people that they're like, I want to write a book, but every time I sit down, I just don't know what to do. And I just think it has to be perfect. And I get obsessed with it. And if I can't finish this one sentence, then I can't move on to the next one. And you just get so wrapped up in your head. And so those are definitely the two most common things, you know, that I see in people that really holds them back. And I think the biggest issue that's behind that is that they're thinking too much about the book. There's a lot out there and a lot of blog posts and other experts and things like that that talk about, okay, put your butt in a chair and write for an hour a day. And then in two months, your book is going to be done. Yes. And it's like, this is so much more complex than that, because not only are we writing a book, but there's a human and a person and a personality behind writing the book. So what I found as I've worked with different authors is that you have to be incredibly aware of not only what you're writing, but how you as a person like to write. So what are your writing habits like? When is it the best time for you to write? Some people are like, oh, if you want to write a book, you have to get up an hour earlier and before the kids are up and before you go to work and just knock it out. Well, if you're not a morning person, if you're not creative in the morning, that's not going to be the best time for you to write your book. So when is, and then put that in your calendar. And then also what motivates you? This looks at what is your why for writing this book? So why do you want to do it in the first place? But then also looking at your personality traits. So for example, I am an INFJ on the Myers-Briggs type which means that I am incredibly cause-driven. If I don't have some sort of greater changing the world existential mission to what I'm doing, it's going to be incredibly hard for me to do anything. And so when I was writing my book, I constantly had to tie into this discussion about why am I doing this? How is this helping people? What legacy am I leaving with this? And that really motivated me. Other people, and I'm also kind of this type too, but other people are huge planners and they have to have everything laid out before they can get started. And so telling them to just sit down and write, they're going to be like, uh-uh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. So if you're that personality type, you have to have an outline, a really detailed outline. You have to know exactly when you're going to write that has to be in your calendar. And there's lots of different examples of different personality types that I could give, but just knowing about you and how you work and how you motivate yourself is going to make overcoming that perfectionism and procrastination a lot easier for you rather than just telling yourself, sit down and write for an hour a day. All the things that you just described are things that I had been trying to do, like make an hour of my schedule each day to write and get up early in the morning before the kids are awake to write. I think there's a story somewhere in one of Glennon Doyle's books where she talks about like when she started her blog that she would hide in her bedroom closet before her kids were awake and she would like write for the first hour of the day. And I was like, that's so amazing. And that's so not me. 
because I'm like a slow starter in the morning. I don't like to be up early period, end of story. (laughs) And, um, and so I'd been like trying to put myself in those boxes and it just wasn't, it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. That's what I hear from a lot of people too. I mean, my work schedule, I'm exactly like you. I am a slow starter in the morning. I like to get up and drink some hot chocolate. I'm not a coffee person, so I'm a huge hot chocolate person, but drink some hot chocolate, work out with my dog. And then I sit down to work in the afternoon and work until like 10 o'clock at night. And that works for me. Mm -hmm. For other people, they're like, I crash at like four. And so you just have to figure that out. The other thing that you said that was interesting is that you've been trying to set these time goals for yourself, right? Like right for an hour a day. And that's kind of the message we hear. But what I encourage people to do is set content goals instead of time goals. So for example, if you say, I'm going to write for an hour a day. You theoretically could spend an hour on a single paragraph and get that paragraph absolutely perfect before you move on. So yeah, you wrote for an hour a day or you worked on your book for an hour a day, but did you actually really make progress? Having those time goals really breeds perfectionism because you can, you can sit there and perfect a paragraph for an hour. But instead, if you say, okay, I'm going to write a thousand words a day or whatever number, whatever sort of content number you want to pick for yourself, whether it's a words per day or a chapter per week or whatever it is, you have to get that done. You can't sit there and perfect a paragraph for three hours unless you have unlimited time in the world, which most of us as business owners don't. So it forces you to really get words on paper and then you can go back in your second draft, third draft, fourth draft, however many you go through and start to perfect and make the changes that you wanted. But I really just, I want people to get everything that's in their head out onto a piece of paper and then you can start to work through it. And then you can let your perfectionism kind of take control a little bit to make sure you get all those edits done. That's a really great point. I think also too, as I think about this more, um, the framework that you give people to write a book, to write the actual manuscript, right. Um, could seem like, how do I put this? Like it's a systematized way of writing a book and it sort of takes the, maybe the arts out of it. But if you haven't ever written a book or if you're not already, like if you haven't written thousands of blog posts, you're not already a writer. So you don't really have the art down and the art will come as you just like do the thing that it is that you're doing, which is following the system that teaches you how to write a book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What I have found too, is that the art comes in the times when you're not working on the book. So for different things that I write, whether it's a blog post or a manuscript or whatever, I will be writing and I'm writing and I'm writing and then I stop and I go take a shower. And then in the shower, my brain just has this amazing idea that's like, oh, I need to put this in here and this would be the best way to phrase this. And so I scribble that down somewhere and then I can go put that in. And that's the art piece. The art piece, you're right, it isn't really going to come in the system, but when you develop the system and when you immerse yourself in the system and really start writing and getting all those ideas onto a piece of paper, the art is going to trickle in and you're going to get these other ideas that are going to tie it together into something that's not just educational, but also entertaining and fun to read for people. I literally just had that good idea in the shower moment happen within like the last hour probably (laughs) from right now, because we were looking at, um, feedback from the webinar that leads into my program, work less, live more. And one person had, had like written in her feedback that she couldn't wrap her mind around how to start her online course or program because she's already so busy with life and kids and, and her patients and her practice. And I was like, she's exactly the person that like needs to have a scalable asset where she can help a lot of people without it taking more time from her to do that. 
And yet she feels that she's too busy to do it. And a couple of days ago, I started to have this inkling of like, I need to infuse more time management stuff that I taught in my previous program into my new one. And I had asked some of like my longtime students, do you think that that would be helpful for the new guys or, or girls or everyone, right? Like, do you think this would be helpful for the new people? And they said, yes, hands down. Yes. They need to know that information. Anyway, I was like in the shower and I was like, oh, those two things are actually the same thing. <laughs> like, oh yes, I need to put this information in this program because people don't know how to make time to work on their business. And writing a book kind of falls into that same category. It's like a thing that maybe it doesn't have to be done, but it's working on the future of your business or of your career. And um, it's a thing that you could continue <clears throat> speaking from experiences, like put on the back burner and say, well, one day when I have the time, and that's so dangerous thinking, because if you keep thinking one day when I have the time, you're never going to have the time. Yeah. Human humans are like these containers and you have a certain amount of time and energy in that container. And no matter what you do, you will always fill that container. So whether it's with watching TV or eating Cheetos or whatever your kind of numbing, (laughs) calming activity is, you're going to fill that time that you have. So it's about really setting your priorities and understanding why a book is actually going to be beneficial for your business. Mm -hmm. Just to be totally clear on this within six months of my book coming out, I 10 X my business's revenue. So if you're like, oh, I don't have time in my schedule to take out, to focus on something that isn't directly generating me revenue, I really want you to rethink that because yeah, you're probably not going to make a million dollars off of book royalties, but you absolutely can use your book to make a million dollars in your business or to add a thousand dollars a month or whatever your financial goal is. So just shift that thinking a little bit. If that's kind of your excuse for not prioritizing it is that, oh, it's not going to generate me revenue writing this book. Yeah, it is. It 100% is for sure. Well, it's not going to generate you any revenue if you never write it. Also true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk a little bit more about the publishing process. When I was a kid and I, you know, like had this idea of wanting to be a writer back then it was like, you had to get a book deal. Someone had to want to pay you to write your book. Then you write the book and then they publish it for you. And they kind of do all the things for you, except for write the book. Right. But it seems to me today that that's perhaps still a thing, but that we have much more access than ever before to just being able to autonomously write and publish a book. Yes, 100%. So nowadays there's kind of three, but really two methods of publishing a book. The first is traditional publishing. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You are some sort of expert or you have a huge audience. You're going to go find yourself a literary agent. They're going to pitch your book to a publisher. If you get a publishing deal, the publisher is going to publish your book. Now, some pros with this is that it is a little bit more prestigious and you may have a few more press opportunities because of it. You also could get an advance, which is a sum of money up front, just like you were talking about. And that could range from anywhere from like $2,000 up to a million dollars. Again, if you have a huge audience, the downsides of this is that it takes two to three years from the time you sit down and find an agent or start to find an agent, it's going to take you two to three years for that book to hit shelves. In addition, you completely sign over the rights of your book to that publisher. So they can choose the cover. They can choose the title. They can make any edits that they want because it is no longer your book. Yes, your name is on the cover. You are the author of it and things like that, but they own all the legal rights to your book. 
The other downside with traditional publishing is that it is a pretty high barrier of entry unless you have a million acronyms after your name, like PhD and MD and all these different things, or you do have a substantial audience. It's going to be incredibly difficult to get a traditional publishing deal that's actually worth your time and salt. Self-publishing is the second option, and that is something that has grown a lot in popularity in recent years. Before, it was kind of looked down upon as like, oh, well, you can't get a traditional publishing deal, so you're just going to throw this book up, up there and it's going to be really low quality and all sorts of stuff like that. But that is not the case anymore. With self-publishing, you do have to cover everything financially up front, but it doesn't have to be expensive. And we can talk about that more in a little bit. Um, so you do have to cover everything up front, but you can do it as quickly as 72 hours if you really want to. Like if your manuscript is done, it can come out really, really quickly. Uh, you have full control over everything. Everything is your decision. And also you earn a higher royalty percentage per copy of the book that's sold because you don't have to pay the agent and the editor and the publisher and people like that out of your royalties. The third option is what's called hybrid publishing. And basically, this is when a publisher, and I'm using that term in quotes, wants you to pay them a certain amount of money, which is usually in the vicinity of like $10,000, and then they will publish your book for you. Now, I get very passionate about this topic. I do not think that hybrid publishers are legitimate or that it's a good investment because if you have to pay to publish your book, you might as well self-publish and keep the control and keep the higher royalties. Like there's really not a benefit to higher uh, to hybrid publishing that I can see. So that's why it's really in my opinion traditional publishing or self-publishing. If you want to use your book to build your business or really if you are not a celebrity, I highly recommend self-publishing, especially out of the gate because you learn more about the industry you learn more not only about the writing piece of it, but about the publishing and about the marketing. You do earn a higher royalty percentage. You have that control and you can use that book in whatever way you want in order to build your business. So self-publishing is definitely the route that I recommend um, and it's way easier and way more credible than it has been in past years. Speaking of the cost of publishing, what can someone expect in regard to expense for writing their, their book and then self-publishing specifically? Yeah. So self-publishing, it kind of gets this rap on the internet of, oh, I spent $5,000 to self-publish my book. Oh, I spent you know multiple thousands of dollars to get this done. You do not have to do that. I self-publish my book for less than $500. I teach my students how to self-publish their book for less than $500 because I think you know, to be honest, I don't even know what those people are spending their money on. Like if, you, if they spend $7,000 to self-publish a book, I do not know where that money is going. So the things that you really do need to invest in are your cover for one, unless you are a graphic designer, I highly recommend you work with a graphic designer or work with a platform called 99designs, which is basically kind of a, an upwork for designers uh, to get a really good cover because that is important. You want to have a really high quality cover that conveys your message well, that catches the eyes of your readers and things like that. So a cover is where I'd spend some money. And then your marketing budget is where I'd spend some money. Now, before you're like, okay, well, doesn't that mean I need a multi-thousand dollar marketing budget? No. If you really want to bootstrap this, I would invest your marketing budget into a platform called Books Butterfly. And that is a book promotion platform where they send your book out to their email list, which has anywhere from about 100,000 subscribers to over a million readers on that list. So they're going to push your book out to that list. And what's really cool about them is they actually guarantee a certain number of downloads of your ebook. So instead of just saying, oh, we're going to send it out to our email list, it has 100,000 people and you pay us $200. 
this place says, okay, we're going to send it out to this list and we are going to guarantee a thousand downloads. And if we don't get you those thousand downloads, we're going to send it out again until we get you those thousand downloads. So that is where I would really encourage you to invest your budget. Books Butterfly promotions range from $80 to $400. And then your cover, if you work with 99 designs is $299. So right there, you can have like less than $400 for your cover and your marketing. And then there's a few miscellaneous fees in terms of uploading to the self-publishing platforms, getting an ISBN for your paperback. But those are very, very minimal. If you do have a larger budget, the next place I would recommend investing is in editing by hiring an editor. But the way that I teach editing is kind of a multi-step do-it-yourself process. So not only are you editing your book multiple times, but you're bringing in friends and family members to read your book, both for content holes, like, hey, this doesn't make sense, or you need some more information about this over here, but also grammar and spelling and things like that. And then the third step is you actually turning it into an audiobook, So you reading it aloud because you are going to catch so many more issues that way. So mm-hmm. just to kind of recap that, it does not cost multiple thousands of dollars if you don't want it to. I can teach you to do it for under 500 and the majority of that budget is going to go to your cover and then to your marketing through book promotion platforms. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. And again, you know, we have to think about the return on investment, right? So I think it's important for people to be clear about that upfront. Like what is the purpose of writing this book? Not just for, you know, like life goal bucket list kinds of things, but, and that may that could be enough alone that, and that's fine. But you can also be thinking about how is this going to impact your business? How do you want it to impact your business or your career? Maybe you want to be paid to speak at continuing education conferences or um, at other large events. Hopefully we get to have them again soon. <laughs> and what does that look like? How does your book help tie into um, getting you on those stages or how does it help bring new patients and new clients to your practice? Um, so that ties again, back into what you were saying about your own book, 10 xing your revenue in your business, not necessarily through book sales, but through people reading the book and then learning that they wanted to work with you. Yes, absolutely. I think that's one of the common misconceptions people have about writing a book in terms of the ROI is they're like, oh, I'm going to write this book and then I'm going to sell a bunch of copies of it and I'm going to make my money back. You earn probably at most $7 per copy of your book that's sold when you self-publish. And again, that's way higher than if you traditionally published. But just think about how many copies of a book you'd have to sell to make $10,000 if you only got $7 per copy, let alone enough to earn a living off of that book. So what I teach my students to do is use their book as a tool. So when you become an author, especially if your book is a bestseller, you automatically get immense levels of credibility, even if nothing else changed about you. Just the fact that you can tack on author to your name adds a ton of credibility. So what can you use that for? You can use that for more press opportunities. If you're an author, people are going to want to feature you. They're going to want to have you on their podcast. And that allows you to reach so many more people and bring in those potential clients, customers, students into your world. You can use it, like you said, to speak on stages. And that's primarily what I did. When I became an author, I I speak mostly to college campuses. That's kind of my market. Um, So when I became an author, it was so much easier to get speaking gigs because I had a little bit of clout behind my name. People were like, oh, she's an author. She knows her stuff. We would love to have her come on stage. And so that was a huge source of revenue for me. 
And the other thing is that make sure you're blasting the fact that you're an author everywhere. So website, social media, email list, all those things. So that whenever someone comes into contact with you, maybe they find you on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever that is, they know you're an author. Maybe they go buy your book, but whatever that is, that is an entry point for them into, again, your world where they can become a client, a customer, a student, whatever that is. The other thing that's really cool when you do become an author is you can raise your rates because of that credibility. So now not only are you a chiropractor or a healthcare professional or a coach or whatever that is, you are now also an author. So you can increase those rates. For me, my speaking fees doubled when my book came out. And that was probably an aggressive change that I made. I wouldn't necessarily recommend you double your rates when your book comes out, but you absolutely can increase them. So now even with the same number of clients and students and customers coming in, you're now earning more because your rates are higher. So there's really a limitless number of ways that you can use your book to build your business. But I encourage you to think beyond just, oh, I'm going to sell a lot of copies of my book because that's the labor intensive way, I guess, of growing your business with a book. Well, well, we've covered a lot in this conversation, but um, you've shared some like really um, valuable perspective that is different than what most of us hear about how to write a book. So I just want to thank you for that because you haven't held back. (laughs) I can tell, I can tell everyone that's listening that from being inside of your program, like she's, she's really giving you a lot of value here with what you're hearing. Okay. Are there any other things that you would want someone who is thinking about writing a book or who has been aspiring to write a book for a long time? What would you want them to know? Yeah. The last thing that I guess I'll leave you with is talking about the hustle. So there's a lot of discussion about, oh, you got to hustle to succeed. You got to hustle to make money and type of stuff in the entrepreneurial world. And as someone in kind of a healthcare profession, there's a lot of backlash against that. Like we don't necessarily love that idea, but there is definitely a culture in the book writing world, especially the self-publishing world. That's kind of the hustlepreneur way of writing your book. It's let's get this done as quickly as possible and throw it up on Amazon. And then you're an author and then you can double your rates and kind of go through everything that I just did. But just like what I talked about in the beginning, where you not only have to consider the book, but the person who's writing the book, you have to consider yourself and your brand and your business in this process. It's not just getting author after your name. And while that's important, this is something that is incredibly fulfilling. It's incredibly healing. It's incredibly emotional and difficult. I cried so many times when I was writing my book. Like it was not an unemotional process for me. So you have to recommend that and you have to understand that. And that often results in it taking a little bit longer because you are pouring your heart and your soul and your story into this book. And you should, because what's going to happen is people are going to pick up your book because of your credibility and your expertise, but people are going to read your book and love your book and learn from your book because of your vulnerability and honesty. So if you find yourself in a position where you're like, okay, I have to get this done as quickly as possible. And I don't really care about quality as much as just getting it up there. Take a breath, Mm -hmm. take a breath, calm down, recognize that it might take you four or five, six months to get your book out there, but that's okay because it's going to be better and you're going to make more of a change in your readers' lives. So that's what I would leave people with. I think that's a really important message that people really don't hear enough, especially in the self-publishing world. And it's very in alignment with what I teach in my programs um, because aligned is like the opposite of hustle, vice versa. Right. So yeah. (laughs) And, and let's just add to that real quickly that 
not hustling doesn't mean not successful. Right. That's like one of my big missions in life is to, is to dismantle this conditioning that we have, that you have to hustle, you have to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week for two decades before you're successful or before you're making money. And I've been there. I've done that. I burned out very quickly doing that. Um, and, and I know now that I actually, I work a lot less than I ever thought was possible and make a lot more money. Doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I was that same person too, when I was in high school, uh, it's throwing it way back, but when I was in high school, I was that person that had the perfect resume, three varsity sports, three music ensembles, first chair clarinet, student government yearbook. Like I had all the things with a 4.0 GPA and I was so unhappy. Like that is when my mental health struggle started. And I firmly believe that that pressure and that have to do it all at once sort of thing contributed a lot to my mental health struggles. So you can be successful without hustling. You're also going to be happier because you're taking care of you and you're bringing your you into the business. So Mm -hmm. I am in total alignment with everything you just said. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So for the people that want to learn more about you and about the aspiring author incubator, where should they go? Yes. So the absolute best place to come hang out with me, if you are at all interested in writing a book is through my free training, which is titled how to take your book from idea to published in less than five hours a week. So that was a great segue from that anti-hustle culture that we just talked (laughs) about. Uh, But that is at the link in my bio on Instagram. And then I think we can also put that in the show notes, hopefully as well, the link to that training. And it's 100% free. Come take it, come learn, come figure out exactly how you're going to get your book from idea to published and into the hands of your perfect readers. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse. Of course. Thanks for having me. Do you want to make more money without squeezing more patients or clients onto your schedule? If that's you, be sure to take my free class. In it, you'll learn how to bring leveraged income into your practice so you can work less, live more, and help more people than ever before. You can get signed up by going to drdanielleaton.com and click free.